you so much that you speak when your word is opened. I pray that you'll speak to us this morning. Father, I pray that as we think about Jesus' teaching on the Beatitudes, blessed are those uh, who show mercy, for they will be shown mercy. Father, I pray that you'd help us to understand what that means and help us to love you more because of what we hear. For I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Fantastic. Um, what does it mean to be merciful? Well, Jesus tells us uh, a story all about what it means to be merciful, and we're going to work that out together. Um, so I'm going to need uh, somebody uh, to be rather haggard looking, somebody who uh, is going to look slightly beaten up. And Sam, fantastic, come on out. Uh, so Jesus tells us a story, and it's all about a man who is on a road. And that man gets beaten up. So he gets beaten up like this, and he falls on the floor, and and he's got blood all over him. We're not going to do that bit. Gets a bit gory. Uh, And he gets all beaten up, and his stuff gets nicked. And he's lying there on the road. I'm going to need three more volunteers. These three volunteers, I want to be young people, uh, and there are prizes involved. Um, So, um, uh, Henry, do you want to be one of them? Fantastic. Tilda, excellent. Brilliant. One more volunteer. Great. Bethany, come on up. Why don't you come on up? Great. Okay. And we're told about some people who walk down the same road as this man. And the first of those people is somebody who we're told is a priest. Now, let me see what we've got here that we can, uh, we can do. Let's see. Let's start off with you, Bethany, just because you're tallest. And uh, let's see. They've got, got to find a reason for these things somewhere. Right, there you go. Stick an arm in that and an arm in there. There we go. That's brilliant. It is a little bit big, but you know what? There we go. Let's put that on you. And what do we know about priests in the Bible? Are they people who know God's law, yes or no? Yes, that's right. Do they work? Where do they work? Can anyone tell me? Where do they work, the priests? Tabernacle, yes. Tabernacle or or the temple by Jesus' day. Yep, that's right. Let's chuck that over the top. I always get it wrong. There we we go, B. And, uh, And so this person is somebody who is very, very kind of holy. They know God's law very well, and, uh, and, and they're a priest. They're off to do some sacrifices, probably. Uh, they've probably got a beard, just because, there we go. That's great. Wonderful. And, and so surely, if anybody's going to know what to do at this stage, it's going to be the priest. Let's find out what the priest does there uh, in our Bibles. Uh, the priest, oh dear, A priest happened to be going down the same road. When he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. He went right around him. I don't want to go near them. They might make me unclean, he might think. How could I be a priest? How could I do my job if I'm ceremonially unclean? That's for the adults. Um, I can't go into the temple, he might think. So he goes past on the other side. Very busy person. The next person to come by is, well, we're told, a Levite. Now, a Levite is somebody who's a bit like a priest. So um, here we go. Let's give you one of these as well. Uh, Let's give you another one of these badges. 
A Levite works in the temple as well. There you go. But the difference between a Levite and a priest, beautiful, that's great. Levite's still fairly holy, still understands probably the word of God. There we go. I'll hang that round your neck. There we go. Fantastic. Um, and, but the difference with the Levite is the Levite would also sometimes wear something like this. You see, a Levite was a bit of a servant in the temple. So probably not quite as learned as the priest, not quite knowing everything that the priest knows, but knowing quite a lot. And they're used to serving. Surely this is going to sort us out. Uh, what do they do? Well, let's have a look in the Bible and see what Jesus says he does. So the priest happened to, uh, verse 32, little number 32. So too a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. Oh dear. He walked past as well. Maybe he was really, really busy. Maybe he had loads to do. Then there was a third person who came by and, oh no. Verse 33. But a Samaritan, now a Samaritan back in those days would have been somebody who would be the least likely to help out. Somebody who, I don't know, maybe he was a bit of a punk. There we go, let's pop you there. That's good. Maybe, maybe he was a bit of a thug. Let's put those on. There we go. Maybe he was somebody who, at least the Jews thought, was a bit of a naughty boy. And so he may have had a ball and chain around his arm uh, or his leg uh, at the same time. Oh dear, what's the Samaritan going to do? At this point, Jesus' hearers, they would have thought, I know what he's going to do. He's going to steal even more money from the guy. Let's find out what he does. Uh, The Samaritan, as he traveled, verse 33, came to where the man was And when he saw him, he took pity on him and went to bandage his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey and brought him to an inn and took care of him. The next day, he took out two denarii. Now, let's just work out how much has this man, who doesn't know anything about this Jewish person, how much has he paid for his care? Two denarii. Let's do higher and lower. Um, Who thinks that that is higher than two pounds? Higher than two pounds. Okay, most people think it's higher than two pounds. How many people think it's higher than two hours work? Let's say uh, 30 pounds. Higher than that? Uh, Fewer of you, but still a good few. What about a day's work? Higher than a day's work. Who would put their hand up to that? still fewer. Let me tell you, it was about two days wages that this man gave to the innkeeper to look after this Jewish person. Now, this is really surprising because this is somebody who you're not expecting. He's, he's a thug. Uh, he's a criminal, we think. He's got thuggy hair. In practice, this would be like somebody helping out his enemies. It would be like the mayor of Foggy Bottom helping out the poor patrol. Uh, It would be uh, like somebody from Sheffield United helping out a Sheffield Wednesday fan. It would be like a member of the England cricket team helping out an Australian cricket fan. In fact, you know what? It, It would actually be worse than that. In those days, it would be like a Ukrainian 
helping out Vladimir Putin. It would be like a Jewish person helping out a Nazi. It would be unheard of what has gone on. And here Jesus says, who's been a neighbor to this man? What do we think? Was it the priest? Was he a neighbor to the man lying down? No? Uh, Was it the Levite? Was it the Samaritan? It was the Samaritan. It was incredible. And Jesus says, go and do likewise. Uh, My volunteers, you guys can all take a seat. Let me give you a prize this time. I forgot to do that last time. Um, So let me give you one of those. Uh, Well done. And maybe Sam can help you get out of all your your robes. Um, And that would be be great. Uh, And while Sam's doing that, let me just challenge you. Jesus says, what does it look like to be merciful? It looks like being merciful, not just to the people that we care about. It's kind of easy to be merciful to people we care about, isn't it? At least sometimes it's easier. He says it's like being merciful to that person at school who is a bit of a bully. It means... If it's your first day at school tomorrow, it means that when you're a bit worried, it means helping out the other people who are a bit worried around you and showing them extra care and loving them, even though you're a bit worried yourself. It means if you're a little bit older, maybe you see that girl crying and you want to play football, but you think, no, I'm going to go and spend time with her, even though all my friends are telling me that I I should play football. Or maybe you're a bit older, and there's that boy crying over there, and you're in secondary school, and you think, I'm going to go and look after him, even though all my friends will say, oh, you fancy him. It means loving them. It it, it means loving even those people that we disagree with politically or socially. socially. Grown-ups, Where is the boundary of your mercy? Who are the people who you think, I don't need to be merciful to them? They've made some poor life decisions. Uh, They've done that. Can you believe that they've done that? Jesus says, they are the people who we need to be merciful to. And all of a sudden, that's got very hard, hasn't it? That's got really, really difficult. And that's why, as we're going to come back and think about it in a few minutes' time, this is a teaching that Jesus is doing to show us that we are those who are in need of mercy ourselves. We're going to sing about it, and then we're going to come back and look at it a bit more. And we're going to sing a song called Amazing Grace. It speaks of the mercy that God has shown to us. So let's stand and sing that, and then let's get our Bibles open, and we'll look at this again.
my Savior has ransomed me, and like a flood His mercy take a seat. If you are one of our younger people, um, we have got some sheets and some coloring sheets that you might find helpful, so do feel free to grab one of those uh, anytime over the next few moments if you'd like them. They're just at the front up here, uh, and there's some, some things that you can be coloring in as you're listening. But I'd love it if you got this. If this passage is just saying what we just heard that we need to be that kind of neighbor to everybody, it will crush our faith into a cinder. It'll crush our faith into a cinder because Jesus was trying to teach more than just go and do likewise. Let's, uh, let, let's pick it up. If I can find my Bible, it's down here. Uh, let's pick it up and see uh, what the context is, what's going on uh, around this passage. Uh, we're told that a teacher of the law... Uh, comes to test Jesus, verse 25. Let's just pause there. A teacher of the law. This is somebody who teaches the Old Testament law. This is somebody who knows his Bible better than I do and better than you do. This is somebody who teaches those tricky bits of Leviticus and Deuteronomy and those sorts of things. Uh, he, He is an expert in those bits of the law. And he says to Jesus, what must I do to get eternal life. In other words, I get eternal life by what, Jesus? What do I have to do to do it? And Jesus says, well, you know the law. You summarize it for me. And Jesus says, okay. Uh, Sorry, the teacher of the law says, okay. Verse 27, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength, and with all your mind, and love your neighbor as you love yourself. And he gives the best answer he could possibly give. How do I know? 
because it's the answer Jesus gives elsewhere when he summarizes the law. This teacher of the law gives the top answer. Love God and love your neighbor. Jesus says, verse 28, you've answered correctly. Uh, Do this and you'll live. But, verse 29, he, the teacher of the law, wanted to justify himself. Uh, He wanted to make himself right with God. He wanted to be right with God all by himself. And so he asks Jesus a clarification question. And who is my neighbor? Incidentally, if your relationship with God, if your hope for eternity has anything to do with you, then you'll always need to ask clarification questions. You'll always need just a little bit more reassurance that actually you're okay, that you've done enough. Because deep down, we all know that nobody's perfect. And so he says, okay, well, well, who is my neighbor? In other words, what's the kind of circle of people that this doesn't apply to? Who are the people who I can say, I don't need to love them? They're outside the circle. They're the people I don't need to love. I don't need to care for. Because after all, if it's going to cost me two denarii every time I have to love somebody, well, there's got to be a limit, hasn't there? And the tricky thing is, Jesus... In his reply, he shows there is no circle. There is no circle. You want to know what it looks like to love your neighbor? It looks like doing this for every beaten and broken man. Every beaten and broken woman. Every person who's in care. What did the Samaritan do? He stopped. He stooped down. And he spent in order to care for this person. What's Jesus calling us to do if we're to live a life that is worthy of eternal life? It's to stop, stoop, and spend on every single person. And here's the thing. I don't have enough money to do that, even for the people here in this room. You don't have enough money to do that for the people here in Tottenham. You certainly don't in Sheffield, let alone this country. You don't have the money to do it, you don't have the time to do it. And actually, if we're really honest, and this is the biggest thing, we don't have the heart to do it either, do we? Because it's really hard to love people, especially when they're hard to us, especially when we don't like what they stand for or what they're doing. It would be really difficult if Vladimir Putin walked into this church for me to love him like this passage is calling me to. And part of that is my own sinful heart. Do you know, in in telling this story, often what we do is we, we look for ourselves in the story, don't we? And we like to think that we're the good Samaritan, the one uh, who, who would come along and, uh, and would do the right thing. Maybe if we're honest, we think, well, maybe I'm a bit more like the Levite or the priest. But actually, in telling us this story, Jesus shows us that spiritually, we're like the guy on the ground. We've got nothing. We're half dead. Why? Because I can't earn my way to God. If, if, if I need to love the Lord my God with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength and love my neighbor, I can't do that. And neither can you. 
But remember what the Beatitudes are doing? They're showing us Jesus' heart first, and then they show us what we're like. Jesus is the only good Samaritan. What does Jesus do? The Lord of glory. He stops. Seeing us in our brokenness and our sin, seeing us trapped with no hope of eternal life, he comes to those who were his enemies, those who would put him on a cross, those who would spit at him, those who would laugh in his face. He, he stops and he stoops to them, stoops from highest heaven uh, to the cradle of a, sorry, to the, to the drinking trough of an animal, to the splintered cross. He stoops. And he spends out of his glorious riches, he gives to us. It wasn't two denarii for him, no, it was three days in a tomb. You see, Jesus is the good Samaritan to you and to me. And it's only as we realize our spiritual brokenness and call out to him that we can have eternal life. Jesus says, you want eternal life? Go and do likewise. He was the only one who went and did likewise. He was the only one who spent all that he had so that anybody could come to him, even those who are rejected, even the Samaritans, even those that we would put at arm's length. Anyone can come to him for forgiveness and love. And as we do so, we swap places with him. He is the perfect track record. Uh, The one who went and did likewise, he gives us that track record so we can live uh, with him for eternity. And he takes the death and the beating that we deserve. But what does that mean? Does that mean that we come out of here and we go, oh, great. Well, in which case, what we need to do is just trust Jesus and uh, the mercy thing. (laughs) Let's leave that. No, 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 no. No, no, he's not saying that. No, we've seen all the way through the Beatitudes. They describe Jesus, and then they describe his followers. Imagine this guy. Imagine Sam as he lay there, who's beaten up. The Samaritan had cared for him. He's come back to health. He's, he's woken up there in the inn, and he's, he's well. He asks the story. He finds out all about it. Next day, he heads back up the road, and he sees somebody who's bleeding there on the floor. What does he do? Does he pass by? Of course he doesn't. Now, he who's been shown great mercy, what does he do? Shows mercy in turn. If we try and work our way to God by this kind of extravagant mercy, we will never get there. But if we realize the extravagant mercy that God has shown to us, then we will delight in showing mercy ourselves. So let's be those uh, who show mercy because we've received mercy. And let me lead us in a prayer. Father God, this is, is really challenging stuff. It's really challenging because to the extent to which I struggle with thinking, how would I show mercy to that person or this person? It's the extent that I've, I've forgotten how much mercy I've been shown. Help us, Father, to see Jesus as the good Samaritan. Help us to rejoice in him so much that we begin showing mercy to those who don't deserve it. Help us to be a church, a church that people talk about as a church that shows and extends mercy because it will show people the God who shows and extends mercy. 
So, Father, I pray that by your Spirit, you would help us to live a life following the footsteps of our Savior, Jesus. Amen. Amen. The reading is from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 10, starting at verse 25. The parable of the Good Samaritan. On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What is written in the law, he replied. How do you read it? He answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. You have answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this and you will live. But he wanted to justify himself. So he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? In reply, Jesus said, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he fell into the hands of robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So to a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, he passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he travelled, came where the man was, And when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey, brought him to an inn and took care of him. The next day he took out two silver coins and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you have had. Which of these three do you think was a neighbour to the man who fell into the bands of robbers? The expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. Jesus told him, go and do likewise. 